about those Chicago Bears? Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. I am pumped up if you couldn't tell already. The Chicago Bears, finally, it looks like, have a franchise quarterback and all it cost was the 2021 Chicago White Sox. But we'll get into that later. Uh, it's still not going to kill the good vibes. Uh, alongside me today, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, I think, at, 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 on the draft, um, is uh, Patrick Cushman. Um, you know, I think it, it's kind of funny because usually... Green Bay Packers get the best of Chicago Bears, and this is one of the few times that uh, we're looking. Things are looking pretty good in uh, Chicago Bear Land, and the, the Packers not so much. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit uh, as well. Patrick, how are you doing today? No, I'm doing well. Um, you know, considering you know everything that's gone on in the sports world, from you know Aaron Rodgers to SIU losing, um, been pretty tough. But you know what? Um, we're getting through it. Well, we'll start. Let's start with the Chicago Bears here first. Uh, they traded, and so I mean, a couple podcasts ago, we, we, we I predicted that this is something that could happen. He has a history of trading up, uh, and I was worried that they were going to like kind of mortgage their future on, on a quarterback here. But I actually, if you look at the trade they gave up, like the package, I think it was a very fair deal. Yeah, he had to give up some future assets, but. Uh, they they did what was best for him because you you needed you needed a quarterback. You can't go in with your job on the line uh, with Andy Dalton as your starter. And I actually think they had a really good like the offensive line. They got a good tackle. I think they they, they traded up for him as well. I, I think he looks really good overall. I think they had a phenomenal draft. And I was looking at a lot of the draft grades from the major news outlets they had uh, where everyone released uh, what their grades were. The Bears had the highest overall GPA draft grades. NFL.com, Pro Football Focus, all the major. The only team that did not give them an A for their draft this year uh, was the New York Post uh, but uh, so I thought they had a really good draft I like Justin Fields a lot because uh, now unlike the Trubisky pick where they traded up you have a guy that he played well in college he was a starter all the, all the way through before he transferred uh, from Georgia so he's played he's played in a big program he's used to pressure Ohio State you're playing the Big Ten that's all they have really down there in Ohio. It's a big football town. Um, so he's he playing with the pressure before. So that'll adjust well to a big media market like Chicago. Where Mitch Trubisky, on the other hand, North Carolina, not really. It's a basketball school. Not a whole lot of pressure there. Uh, and then he comes to Chicago and then, you know, that's a problem. Hey, two, Justin Fields played in big games before. I think his best performance of his college career was in the college football playoff, that game against Clemson. And actually, I, I was reading that Matt Nagy, they, there's the one play that he threw a deep ball third quarter where he took a he took a shot and, and released it, where it was like circled it. He's like, yeah, this is where uh, we, we got something special. So I, I like that, and especially reading about the process, because let's be honest, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, especially Ryan Pace, he's, he's, he's known as kind of a boob, but I think the process they took to draft him as well uh, was very respectable. Um, they, they informed Andy Dalton beforehand. I think from by what it sounds like, everything was handled professionally, so we don't have a Glennon fiasco where he's kind of getting blindsided or even a Packers fiasco with Jordan Love. They had the decency to tell Andy Dalton, hey, we're drafting the quarterback, which I also like. And I also thought it was interesting, too. I was listening to a talk today. He... He talks with Ryan Day because they have a connection that, that goes back. Albert Breer wrote an uh, excellent article on NFL.com about this, how the two used to play against each other in college, both the, the opposite quarterbacks. So they had kind of a relationship. And before last season, he was just talking prospects with uh, Ryan Day, and he, he asked about Justin Fields' quarterback, and he goes, this kid's a generational talent. So Matt Nagy throughout the season last year was kind of like cheating on Trubisky, if you will, watching a bunch of Ohio State games whenever he could and circling tape, and they're like, wow, I like this, I like this kid. So they got the guy they like. I didn't 
didn't think they paid too much. Overall, very happy. I mean, we'll we'll see. He's a little undersized, but I think they got a dynamic playmaker at quarterback for the first time. Uh, what now is a rival in the division? You scared of Justin Fields at all? Do you think he has potential, or do you think Chicago is overreacting a little bit here? You know, we did. Let's wait and see what happens. No, I do. I do think it's a good pick, and like you said, they didn't have to give up the uh, give up the entire farm for him either. Um, so I and I do like Justin Fields. You know, him and Trevor Lawrence were one-two quarterback prospects coming out of high school. Um, he didn't start in Georgia. He transfers and starts right away at you know a powerhouse where he's expected to win. And he performed. And um, well, do I think he's going to be an MVP day one? No. Do I think he's um, a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence? No. But I think this kid can be something, you know, that the Bears have not ever really had. Um, And that, you know, is a serviceable um, Pro Bowl type perennial uh, player. Um, And so, yeah, like you said, um, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, but I'm not scared of him, I wouldn't say. Right. Um, but I do think, and, and you did, you, you touched on this a little bit, was the later rounds in the draft. And, you know, every, you know, there's so much focus that goes on day one of the draft. You know, it's Thursday night, prime time, everyone's tuning in. And then, you know, day two and day three, um, I mean, who's really watching the seventh round, the sixth round? Second and third get a little bit. But I thought they did as good of a job um, in their mid-round, mid to late round picks than they did in the first i really did i really thought that they needed offensive line depth they got it um and they they really hit on their needs without having to reach for it and that i think is very important in the draft um and so yeah i think the bears had a really good draft and if you look at ryan pace and you know like you said he's kind of looked down upon in chicago you know his drafting with the exception of the trubisky and trubisky will always you know that'll always be you know his pick um, and whatnot, but you know he's he's drafted talent mm-hmm. at certain places. Um, yeah, Roquan's been an excellent player, especially in the late rounds. He really has a knack for finding some diamonds in the rough. Like Tariq Cohen was a late round yeah. pick. Montgomery, I think, was a third or fourth rounder. So no, you're right. Dar- Darnell Mooney, who I think was our second best receiver last year, we got him in the fifth round. So that, that yeah. is a good point. Um, and so yeah, um, pace isn't as bad as I mean. It's, it's the Trubisky thing. You know, everyone says, oh, look at Trubisky. You know, he, he, he blew that up. But, no, he does find good picks um, in the mid to late rounds, and I think he did a good job. And, you know, the kind of thing that, you know, overlooked him was his quarterback selection, and he got it right this time. So we'll see. Could it be a new age of um, Chicago Bears football? Um, I don't know. And I think the big thing was this one has Matt Nagy's fingerprints all over it this time, where Trubisky, we didn't know if he was involved in that quarterback decision, and by all accounts, he really wasn't. So he finally has his guy. I think it'll help him running the offense. Now, I am interested to see, unlike most of these Bear fans, I don't really want Justin Fields to play year one. I think if Andy Dalton can play the full season, that would be good, because one, it would mean they're winning games. They don't need to go to him right away. And I honestly believe, and that's why I, I really like the 49ers pick, which we can get into that in a second, too. But a season where you can sit and watch and like learn your way to the NFL and develop, I think, is so beneficial. We saw that with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. When you're throwing these guys in the fire when they're not ready, it just like it's bad for their confidence, and you know that could you could really ruin a guy that way. But uh, I, I don't think Justin Fields had that problem. I think you know we had the I've said this before. We had the coach for Northwestern on who was in charge of helping like game plan for him. And, you know, he's got a big arm. He's tough. Uh, that, I think he's going to be a great quarterback for Chicago. And I mean, even looking at the other ones, uh, Tevin Jenkins, he, really good. I mean, that's a 
that's a first round prospect that the Bears got in the second round. And now we, we got to we were able to release uh, Charles Leno uh, because we got him. So I like that too. Larry uh, Baroom, I believe, uh, he's versatile at tackle. So going up and down, I, I really like it. Um, I really like what the Bears uh, did in this draft. Now we'll go to the other end uh, of the uh, we'll go to the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, so before the draft even started, bombshell comes out. Aaron Rodgers not returning to the Packers in 2021. So now a bunch of other teams are excited. And Marshall is all pumped up the Broncos. Oh, the Broncos are going to get him now. So uh, it, it looks like the more that comes out about this, that that relationship is beyond repair. But, um, I mean, there's uh, he's still got a couple years on his contract. I mean, do you see Aaron Rodgers playing with the Green Bay Packers in 2021? Um, he's either going to be playing in Green Bay or nowhere else. Uh, the Packers shouldn't trade him. They said they're not, and they shouldn't. And if Aaron Rodgers wants to retire and do Jeopardy and do his own thing, that's fine. But, you know, he's, as far as the Green Bay Packers are concerned, as far as anyone is concerned, he's got years left on his deal. And uh, and the Packers said they're not going to trade him, and they shouldn't. They really shouldn't. And let me tell you this. Mitchell and I kind of have to go unhinged for it. Go for it. And I, you know, I, I try not to go unhinged on the show. I try to keep things professional. I'm a very classy gentleman, as you know. <laughs> but I'm taking the gloves off today. And when Aaron Rodgers, he goes on and he do, he doesn't say anything to the media. He's not coming out against it. But you know, he's leaking information. You know, I mean, it's either him or his agent. But he wants this information to get out. And he says, you know, that he doesn't want to play for an organization like the Packers again because they disrespected him, because they drafted a quarterback, um, and because they cut Jake Kumaro, who is has like 20 career catches in five years. So, um, And so all this, it all comes out, right? And by doing that, he disrespected not only the front office, not only the coaching staff, but the entire organization, from top to bottom, from the from the high level executives to the front office to the coaching staff to every single fan who has ever supported this franchise, the fact of the matter is, Green Bay Packers are 13-time world champions. Aaron Rodgers has contributed to one. The Green Bay Packers have been and will always be bigger than any single player. And if a player wants to disrespect them like that then that should be dealt with accordingly. But he he he, he has this God complex. He's, he's becoming a prima donna, and you've seen this. And he come oh, he doesn't have enough decisions. He doesn't get enough of a voice in personnel decisions. He's signed to play quarterback. He's not signed to have it to be the GM. And our GM, Brian Gutekunst, or however, Goody, I, that's his nickname, he has done such a great job of building an offensive line, one of the best protecting Aaron Rodgers, a run game to help to help with the um, to help with the offense. A top three wide receiver in the entire league, and a top ten defense. And Aaron Rodgers is complaining about this about the the general manager of this team. Unbelievable! I really have to say that's just unbelievable. And and uh, you know what? If he if he wants to go, go. But the fact of the matter is. Um, we don't need the Green Bay Packers. Don't need Aaron Rodgers. I'll say that. Um, and people said a lot of things um, when Brett Favre left too. Oh, you're going to need Brett Favre. Blah blah blah. 
you know, you just have this guy who's never really played, blah, blah, blah. And then two year, two or three years later, we won a, we won a Super Bowl. I mean, and so, yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the, the team is bigger than one player. There are 53 people on the roster. One player should not overshadow that. I understand he's Aaron Rodgers. I understand that he's one of the best players, but he does not overshadow an entire organization, especially one with the pedigree that the Green Bay Packers have. And Aaron Rodgers, the whole thing comes across as very petty. Because Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. I mean, he went to Cal. We see him on Jeopardy. He's, he he knows what he's doing here. The timing of this seemed perfect, right? Because a year after, he was kind of humiliated in the draft, blindsided with the Jordan Love pick. The next year, doesn't say anything that full, the, the, the full season. Then he comes out with, yeah, I'm not returning. And then, like you said, all these little leaks. There was a leak that uh, he was telling free agents, don't come to Green Bay. I won't be playing here again. Uh, there was a report that came out yesterday that he had a group uh, text where he was mocking the, uh, the general manager, referring to him as Jerry Krause, uh, with text messages to his teammates, uh, kind of like mocking him after like the last dance uh, came out. Um, like it, the whole thing, yeah, it just seems it seems very petty. And I look, I can understand why he'd be upset. I mean, they, they haven't they've drafted nine defensive guy or what was like in the past ten years, and the one they the one offensive guy they drafted was Jordan Love. So I mean, I get that, but you're on a team, you've been there for sixteen years, and you've had quite a bit of success. So there's really not too much to gripe about. I mean, if you can, and I I can see the criticism. Uh, for um, uh, Gutenkunst, uh, or Brian, what, yeah, however the, you pronounce his name, because he drafts a lot of developmental players. Like, a lot of the, they kind of reached for a corner this year. You drafted a backup running back last year, backup tight. Like, it, it's always a lot of developmental guys and not guys that can win now. So I can see that was where that would be frustrating to some on the surface, but they're, they're winning games. I mean, they're in the NFC Championship last year, and the game I really thought they should have they, they should have won. So it's not like they're, like, that that far off. Uh, and I don't know where he thinks he's gonna go. Where all of a sudden, I mean, I mean, you guys see go to Denver, but it was a seven-seven team last year. Yeah, they have some pieces, but I, I think the whole thing comes across is kind of petty on his end. But like the real big takeaway I have, <laughs> the guy I feel kind of bad for. This is the first thing I thought about. Not even that was, boy, Jordan Love. That's got to be a tough. That he is in a brutal decision spot right now because it, it reminded me a little bit of Mitch Trubisky with the Bears, where I did feel bad for him. He didn't ask to be drafted by the Packers. They they just did. So he comes to Green Bay and he's got this toxic situation where the starter is all pissed off because of his presence, doesn't want him there. And I'm assuming that Aaron Rodgers is not helping him develop the, all, all that much anyway. Um, and now he's probably going to get thrown into the fire because there's there's reports that the Packers are looking for other quarterbacks because right now Jordan Love's the only one on the roster. So you better hope he develops quickly because there's going to be a lot of animosity with the fans too if he performs poorly. Uh, with the Packers, and he was the reason for Aaron Rodgers' departure, uh, quote-unquote, that's a tough spot to ask for a young kid that was already kind of a uh, developmental prospect to begin with, but uh, it's going to be uphill sledding for Jordan Love, and I don't see that. I don't see it working out. I don't think they really set him up for a whole lot of success there. Um, so I feel bad. I feel bad for the kid, but we'll see how it turns out. Do you think it is the Jordan Love era? How do you? What, what are you expecting? Who will be under center week one for the Packers? Who do you think? You still there? Pat? Sorry, I was unmuted. I'll find it. Oh, there you go. Um, this is going to confuse you, Mitchell. I want you to guess who I think 
is going to be. I want you to guess first because I'm going to blow your mind with this. I guarantee it. Is he on the roster or is it someone they're He's picking? He's not on the roster. Not on the roster. All right. They're bringing back Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, no. Never <laughs> did. No. Oh, uh, man. Manny Boyle. Or, um, no, I wish I wish Tim Boyle was still. You oh, know, it is on Tim the Boyle. Team. Who is the other? Manny Wilkins. Tim Boyle. Manny, Manny Wilkins. Boyle, Manny Wilkins. I'm no. That guy's no. He's it's gonna be Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Really? You Bring know, the 35 year old get some experience on that roster. Is uh, what's his? Is Love ready? I don't think so. With you know an off season program that wasn't complete last year. He was already a developmental guy, right? Right. And so, you know, a shortened preseason, a shortened um, training camp. Um, and then with this whole situation, I just don't think he's going to be ready um, physically or mentally. I just don't think it's he's can mentally take over being the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback, right? I mean, he, he had, you're succeeding Aaron Rodgers, who succeeded Brett Favre. So you have pretty good predecessors, um, and it would be tough to throw them in the fire. So I think they're going to make a move in free agency, sign a guy like Brian Hoyer, maybe a Blaine Gabbert, um, and, yeah, someone like that. I think it's going to be Hoyer. Yeah. I, now, does it concern you at all? I mean, because Love wasn't even the backup last year. I'm pretty sure he was the third string. That the, the, He couldn't even yeah, win the backup even, job. He didn't even dress for a single game. And that's why I'm like, because one, like I said, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him as it is being the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers and kind of the reason he left town. And I just, I think this is going to be, do, do you think, so I guess my next question would be, do you think, if Rodgers leaves, general manager's getting fired for this. Or, I mean, he's one of, he's been in the Packers organization a while. They kind of like, you know, they, they like to keep it in the organization. Um, who do you, do you think he gets fired? Do you want him to get fired? Do you think, he, do, how do you think the Packers GM has done so this far? Brighton Gutenkunst. Yeah, excuse me. You can just call him Goody. Goody? I guess that's yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's done a damn good job. Um, you know, from finding you know, a young, innovative head coach that has really turned around this offense to, you know, patching up a team um, that has been, was always noted. And I will say this is, you know, in years past, you know, remember the year in like 2016 where it seemed like it was all Aaron Rodgers. All Aaron Rodgers was that team he was carrying. And the entire roster of the Packers wasn't very that, wasn't very good. Now I do I do believe that the Packers now have one of the better rosters in the NFL. The surrounding talent that Goody has brought has been very good. You know, with the signing of Zadarius Smith, yep. Preston Smith had a very good first year. Um, drafting Aaron Jones, um, you know, bringing in Billy Turner, Adrian Amos, drafting Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander has become a top five corner in this league. So he's hit on draft picks. Um, he's done very well in the free agency market, and he's built a roster um, primed for success. Um, and and with the coaching staff, I mean, we're 26 and 6 in two years for a reason, and that's the roster that Goody built and the coaching staff that he built. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we were probably a few plays away from winning the NFC championship game. 
And I really think that we would have won the Super Bowl if we had won that game. Yeah. Um, but you know what? When you need when we needed a big play, Aaron Rodgers didn't really succeed. We had two drives off two turnovers that the defense made, and Aaron didn't do anything with that. So you know, Aaron Rodgers can complain, um, and I think Packers Nation is turning on him. I really do. I think, think the Packers see- are tired of this act. Yeah, I mean, you have mentioned this to me in the past that like this guy he thinks he he's running the yeah, he running the running the show. He does have a he does have a big ego. And my feeling is too. I mean, this is even if he does stay with the Packers, off season drama is never a good thing. You always had like the Raiders, the Steelers. He, he, I think that's not it's gonna it's not gonna help because uh, this division is gonna be competitive. Uh, I think the Vikings right now. Uh, especially with the Rodgers situation, I think they're much improved. I think they're in line for a bounce back year. So um, it'll be an interesting season up in Lambeau for that. That's for sure. Now we'll go into the rest of the draft. Uh, I mean, most of it was fairly. The first two were kind of chalk: Trevor Lawrence, um, Zach Wilson. Uh, now the one that I really thought this is a good pick because I had my questions. All the Mac Jones leaking. Uh, the 49ers of Trey Lance. I think he went to the perfect spot there. He's got a great coach to help develop him in Kyle Shanahan. And this is a guy that absolutely should not play this first year. I I read a stat. Mitch Trubisky threw more passes his senior season than Trey Lance has thrown his entire college career. So he's a very raw prospect, but he's going to a good team. I think he can sit behind Garoppolo for a year and learn, and that that makes a whole lot more sense now, I think, that, you know... I, I was wondering why everyone wanted to move off Garoppolo so quickly, but I think you know you give him another year because he took him to a Super Bowl. If he stays healthy, then they're they're in good shape. But I so I do I do like that pick a lot um, for the 49ers. Are you surprised at all they took Trey Lance? I mean, it came as a little bit of a shock, but like you know I heard the rumors and I might feel like, like Kyle Shanahan's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing, and it made no sense to take Mac Jones there in, in my opinion. So I'm. It, it did not surprise me as much as it surprised some others. Were you surprised at all by this pick? Um, no, not really. Um, and kind of just to bounce off what you said, um, if Garoppolo does get injured, and you know he might, maybe not this year, maybe next year. But now you have a kid that you can move on to, right? You know, you're not, you know, giving the ball to Nick Mullins and or C.J. Beathard. Um, you, you, you have a secession plan and, and Jimmy G's a good quarterback. Um, he's a good kid. Um, and he wins games. Um, but he's not an elite level talent. Um, Trey Lance could be that. Um, and if, if the Niners think that they can get someone with that talent, um, especially and with a quarterback like Jimmy G who's always injured, you know, you kind of need, um, to move off of him eventually. And they got their guy to, you know, eventually succeed him because I think Jimmy G, he's a good quarterback. He's, you know, everything you kind of need, um, but he's not everything you want. Um, and so, you know, they needed to draft a, you know, a quarterback to eventually take it over. And Trey Lance is a very good developmental prospect. So, yeah. uh, Falcons took Kyle Pitts at four. Not surprising there. What is surprising, I hear rumors that the Falcons are trying to trade Julio Jones before the start of the season, which I don't know why. You'd want to do that because I feel like you could have a pretty dynamic offense with Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones, but what do I know? Um, Now, this pick was interesting to me. There was two picks that, like, in the first round that I was, like, the most intrigued by, obviously besides the Bears, who they would take. Uh, It was the 49ers at three, what they would do if uh, they would take um, Mac Jones or not. And then the Bengals at five because the quarterback wanted Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, 
but it would make more sense in my mind to draft an offensive lineman, especially because you had two elite offensive linemen you could have gotten in this draft, um, and your quarterback just went down for the season last year. You already have T. Higgins. They chose to go with what Joe Burrow wanted. He's reunited with his former teammate, Jamar Chase. Who good good receiver? I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of weapons. Burrow's gonna be. I mean, I'm sure he'll be happy with that. But uh, I think it might be a mistake passing on Panay Sewell or um, Rashawn Slater. What do you think? Did we? Do you think the Bengals made the right decision there? Uh, no, I didn't. And like you said, Jamar Chase is, you know, a very good wide receiver, and they have you know other weapons around the board. Um, and these these uh, wide receivers, I hope they like you know quick routes because they won't have any uh, any time to throw the damn ball because their offensive line is so damn bad. Yeah, um, their offensive line is awful, and you have one of the best uh, offensive line prospects in Panay Sewell, and you pass them up to go wide receiver, which isn't really a need. Um, you know, kind of maybe a thing to keep Joe Burrow happy in Cincinnati because Cincinnati, you know, isn't. Um, yeah, there's only so much chili you can eat there before you start getting sick of the city. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> and if, you know, if when Joe Burrows, you know, maybe he does become very good one day, um, but the team isn't winning and you're in Cincinnati and it's a lousy situation, um, you, you want the organization wants their quarterback to be happy. And so maybe this is that kind of move. And maybe they thought they could get some good value in the later rounds of the draft, too. But I would have liked to see Sewell here. Yeah, that pick to me reminds me of like the kid at Christmas who wants like the new shiny toy or whatever uh, instead of like a pair of socks. But the pair of socks are more practical. That's the, I mean, that's something you need and you're going to use every day. You're going to get more use out of that than whatever. I think that was just, that one was an interesting pick to me. Now, I will say this with the Lions, Panay Sewell, I think, was a, a steal for him at seven. I didn't think he, I was surprised he dropped that far. Jared Goff is a guy I really kind of like. If he if he has a clean pocket, he can throw it with the best of him. I think he throws one of the best footballs in the league. The problem is if the play breaks down, you're kind of screwed. So he needs everything to go right for him. He's got a guy in Panay Sewell that's going to help protect him. And what I really like about Sewell is only 20 years old. He hasn't grown into a grown man's body yet, and he's still throwing people around like a ragdoll. Like, that Auburn game really stood out, especially watching him after he got picked. Like, they show, like, their highlight reels or whatever. It was it was kind of fun to watch him throwing people around and be like, oh, my God, he's only 20. He's going to get on an NFL weightlifting program on top of that and beef up even more. That's going to be scary for the rest of the league. The other one that really I, I like, Rashawn Slater to the Chargers, I think made a whole lot of sense. I, I was surprised he fell. Now, I was a little surprised that Justin Fields kind of fell to 11. The Broncos had a chance to take him. They did not. It looks like they're going with Teddy Bridgewater o- over there. And uh, same with the, the, the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers not really surprised me, but you, you said that they don't be surprised. They take a quarterback. They're all in on uh, Sam Darnold. So was there any other, going through this first round, any other picks that really stood out to you that, uh, or the draft in general that you, you, you like, dislike? Uh, um, I, like, I like the Cowboys moving from 10 to 12. Um, to take Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons was a top-five talent in this draft. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, middle linebacker doesn't hold the same value as, I guess, a wide receiver, obviously, quarterback. Um, and so they were able to trade down, acquire some picks, and still get the guy that they wanted. Um, and so, you know, that's a win-win situation for Dallas, right? And I don't, I don't really understand. I understand the Eagles wanting to get a wide receiver. I just don't don't understand, you know, kind of trading up for it. This team kind of needs to rebuild, and they need all the assets they need 
Devontae Smith isn't going to, you know, rebuild this team, right? Right. So that one I was a little a little skeptical on, but I did like the Micah Parsons pick. Um, I'm surprised Horn went one above Sertain. I thought Sertain was the best I, yeah. um, back in this draft, but they, they, they were one, two, um, kind of going into it. Uh, and then, yeah, no, nothing really too surprising to me, to be quite honest with you. I, I think Mac Jones got went to a good spot, too, with the Patriots. Once again, he gets to sit behind Cam Newton. Uh, and you know what? The Patriots, they had Tom Brady all those years. They're used to an unathletic quarterback. So I think uh, besides the 49ers, that was the best spot that Mac Jones could have went to. Now, I am a little concerned for him because he needs weapons. That's why he was so successful at Alabama. Bill Belichick, not really known for drafting playmakers or anything around there. But uh, we will see how that works out. On to baseball land. Boy, I tell you, as happy as I was about the Bears drafting Justin Fields, the White Sox kind of killed my eye. First, Luis Robert goes down with an injury, running, trying to run out an infield single. Uh, he's getting he got an X-ray on it. It was like a hip. It was a hip flexor thing, and the first X-rays were like negative. So I'm like, oh, okay. I think we we might be okay. Here will be on a couple weeks, and then the next day, Rick Hahn announces they're gonna have a press conference, and it's like, ah, oh, shit. No, this is this is not good. Torn hip flexor, gonna be out for the year. That is now. Uh, with Adam Angle, who also got hurt in spring training. Three of the White Sox' top four outfielders heading into the season are out. Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, two of the best hitters in the lineup, uh, the starting center fielder and left fielder, basically gone for the year. Kind of a crushing blow. And then on top of that, to compound the frustration, which I don't want to talk about this every week. This should not be a weekly discussion, especially when you're hiring a Hall of Fame manager. But Tony La Russa continues to bumble and piss away games. This team, I think, going through it, could have 20 wins at this point. It is a miracle they're in second place, tied for first, whatever the hell they are. But yesterday was, boy, that was a whole new clown show. Uh, first, goes to extra innings. And now, mind you, it's not Tony LaRusso's fault the offense didn't score any runs. All right? I'm not going to blame that on him. But gets to extras. Now with this extra inning roll, there's a little bit more strategy involved. Uh, he had uh, Liam Hendricks come in and pitch the ninth, get out of a bases loaded jam. Thought it was a good move. Then all of a sudden I was surprised to see Liam Hendricks. He's standing on second to run. I was like, whoa, whoa, that doesn't seem right. The White Sox apparently did a double switch. They, they, they did a double switch, and since uh, the Hendricks spot in the lineup made the last out, he thought Hendricks had to go run. But in the rule book, it says that if it's the pitcher, you can do the second out of the inning. So it would have been Jose Abreu running instead of Liam Hendricks. So you have your pitcher out there running. He didn't know the rules. And some of the teammates apparently were questioning him on it, and they said, well, no, this is the rule. So they were looking at him funny. They didn't know that. So that, that's red flag number one. And then Liam Hendricks has to go out there and run, and then he has to come pitched on the mound next, gassed. Uh, and then we have runner. We, we, we put the runner at third. We have one out in the inning. First and third. We have Leary Garcia try and steal second for God knows why against one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, one of the strongest arms, if not the strongest arm in the National League, Tucker Barnhart. Throws him out, not even close. Don't know what that decision was. And at first I thought Leary might have just gone on his own, but LaRusso said after the game that was his decision. I don't know how that helps you, that extra one. You're trying to get one across, uh, and you just kind of wasted. Because now with one out instead of two, you have the runner at third. All we needed was a fly ball or a hard hit ball to the right side, and that, that breaks open the tie. And then after the game, he has to be explained the rule about the pinch runner by the media. Like, what type of... What type of shit show is this? Every week, he's apologizing for some decision. He's cost us countless games. And there's reports coming out that he's starting to lose the locker room here. And I don't blame the locker room. Like, this is a big problem. Like, we were promised a guy 
Hall of Fame manager, we're not going to get outmanaged. We are constantly getting outmanaged. We have had to overcome some of his ineptitude. Uh, it's, like, this is getting bad at this point. And quite frankly, it's embarrassing. I, Yeah, it was my little soapbox. I don't know. What do you think about the whole thing? Because I, I honestly, I'm starting to get concerned. I'm starting to get a little concerned. I know the lineup's yeah. deep, but this is this is becoming a problem. I've defended Larusa all this season, you know, countless times. I defended the hire. I've defended, you know, the moves that he's made. Um, but the, you know, that game yesterday. I mean, but I mean, the the point needs to be made is you need to score runs. Yeah. Um, you you shouldn't be going into extra innings zero zero if your pitching staff is giving you a shutout. You best win it. Um, so with that said, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't understand. Um, and then if you're going to run with Hendricks, you, you can't put him back out there. I mean, the pitcher needs to rest, and, you know, it just it just messes up the mojo yeah. and stuff. You know, it's, it's not good, especially for a reliever. I mean, a reliever doesn't know how to run the damn bases. Um, so that was very you know, odd, and then sending Leary to steal. It, yeah, you know, it was tough. It, it was tough, but, um, you know, it's a long season, as I've said. Um, it, it's still, you know, not even mid-May yet. So um, I think I think I'm not going to make any big – I'm not going to suggest any decision or make any big statement until the All-Star break. That's probably fair, yeah. The All-Star break – we can reassess of where this team is going. And I think that's fair. I no, think that's I, fair. I that, think that's fair. Well, here's, here's why it's kind of a big deal, and he, he's under the microscope. Because during the offseason, you had the pick of the litter for managerial candidates. The White Sox were the most desirable job. Uh, and you chose to go with an odd route that most of the fans did not think would work. Like, when it happened, people were questioning, like, this doesn't seem like a good decision when you hire Tony La Russa. Rick Hahn, I don't even think, was on board with it. You saw it at the Zoom uh, when he did the press conference. He wanted no part of it. That looked like a broken man. You could tell it was a Jerry Reinsdorf decision. Out of the box, it's an experiment. So if you're going to do an experiment, hiring a manager like that, then don't be surprised when it's under the microscope, especially now that you have a World Series contending team, and I think that's why there's so much scrutiny as there is, uh, and I wish there wasn't. I really I want this thing to work out. I am trying to embrace La Russa, and he's making it so difficult uh, you're right, though. I mean, there is a lot of time left. I will say that the pitching staff's been phenomenal. The, the, I've been very happy with how the rotation is thrown. Dylan Cease had a couple rough outings, but his ERA, I mean, most of those have been self-inflicted because his ERA is pretty damn good, and he's had two of his best career starts back-to-back. Uh, Dallas Keuchel starting to figure out Lance Lynn doing his thing. Uh, I think right now the, the worst pitcher in the rotation is Lucas Giolito, and that ERA is a little inflated by a bad start at Boston and being left in a little bit too long. So uh, that's how they're going to they're gonna win games. going to come down to the pitch staff because that offense is they're they're depleted uh say the least people are talking about springing for a trade i I don't think that would make much sense i would not trade for chris bryant at this point because you're gonna have to give up a lot for him for a one-year rental not worth it in my opinion but uh we shall see quick advertisements here uh episode sponsored uh unhinged sports network and our affiliates uh go to fanatics.com if you go to the link in our bio on our twitter at dormer dispute you can go to the fanatics you can get yourself a nice new justin fields jersey or maybe you'll get a, a discounted aaron Rodgers jersey when he uh, signs with the, gets traded to the broncos uh, you can have a vintage packers jersey it'll probably be on sale uh, so go to fanatics they will kick a portion of that to the podcast and our network and we all our other sponsors fubo tv 
Uh, you can get a free seven-day trial. Once again, link in the description. Fubo TV, tons of channels. You can watch a bunch of live sports. It's fantastic. And also Red Bull. We're not actually sponsored by Red Bull. Uh, I'm not. They're not paying me anything to say this, but we have this guy in a fraternity. He's a Red Bull ambassador. He's got a ton of free cases of Red Bull. That is what's powering me through finals right now. And this podcast. So shout out to them with their disgusting sugary drink that has me all hopped up on caffeine. All right, moving on here. Did you see the news today? Albert Pujols got uh, sent down by the Angels. Little surprise, not going to lie. Made for assignment. Yeah. He's going to be released. Right. Then. I, I figured they'd let him play out his contract. I feel like a little disrespectful. I mean, I get he wasn't hitting well and they're trying to contend, but like, I feel like you owe it to the guy to let him finish out the contract at the very least. Were you at all shocked by this move and do you think his MLB career is over? Yeah, I was shocked. Um, you know, a guy who's, you know, one of our better players um, in our generation, you know, a guy that we grew up with. Um, and not only that, but a great human being and a great person as well. Um, a great personality and a great ambassador in all of baseball um, and a future Hall of Famer, um, to say the very least. And you're getting designated for assignment. I, you know, like you said, he wasn't hitting very well. But you don't designate, you know, you don't release a player like Albert Pujols in the middle of the season. It just comes off as a little disrespectful, to be completely honest with you. Um, and that's... Uh, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. I felt that it was disrespectful. I was very surprised to see it. Um, I mean, you could just drop him from the order. Um, and I think I think he could be a good maybe situational hitter, right? I mean, like, maybe you have a runner on third and you need a guy to, you know, get a fly ball or something. I, I mean, I don't know, right? Uh, maybe you just need a little spark and maybe he can give you a, a home run once in a while or something. Um or maybe, you know, they asked him, they said, hey, would you want to sit the bench? And he says, no, I kind of, if I'm not starting, I don't really want to play. And so that became the consensus. We don't really know, but it did feel disrespectful at first glance. Yeah, I, we'll see. Maybe the White Sox will pick him up. He can play left field for us. God knows we throw everyone else out there. But, yeah, I was kind of sad to see because I, I also kind of wanted to, he had the chase. Um, I believe he was going for 500 home runs. Um What's he at right now? Or maybe he's more than. Uh, I know he had some home run milestone. Yeah, I think he's going for six hundred. Six hundred, yeah, and he was close too. Um, he, yeah, that, that's that's tough. Um, but yeah, he had a great career. Nothing to hang his head about. He, yeah, he's at six sixty seven. So he probably would have needed two seasons because he's averaging about like twenty twenty a year. But um, yeah, that's that is tough. Uh, for the big man. I mean, he's 41. He's yeah. 41, Mitchell. I mean, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think this was the last year on his contract. I mean, it was an albatross of a contract. Yeah. It was, an awful... it was a, it's a, it's a weird time to do it, though. I feel like it's still pretty early in the season. I mean, you're right. He is 43. His career wasn't lasting much longer anyway. Maybe we're making the more of this. I just, I, I was. I was like, wow, get rid of Albert Pujols. That's a, kind of ballsy there. But I guess they ain't, that's signaling the Angels, they're going all in. Uh, Chicago Cubs, actually, they had an impressive sweep over the Dodgers this week. Uh, we don't have to talk about that because you know, who cares about the Cubs? But uh, I was, did you see Jock Peterson thought he had a home run to win the game? And then it was like he looked like a Cubs fan, typical Cubs fan. You go to a game at Wrigley, there'll be a routine fly ball and half the ballpark standing up like, oh, it's a home run. Doesn't even reach the warning track. Jock Peterson literally did that. I think he's the perfect Cub because um, hits one. And it looked like he pimped it. 
because he slam, he throws the bat, he looks at the dugout, he's like, oh, let's go. He's acting like it's some no-doubter, and then Mookie Bats is camped under it just before the warning track. It wasn't even close, which I got, uh, I thought that was funny because, you know. Well, yeah, that's the Cub fan special. You exactly. Know, and, you know, low baseball IQ, not really paying attention, and overreacting a very <laughs> minor thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I, now, not a big NHL guy, I, I, and we don't talk about it that much on the show, but I think this is worth discussing. Did you see the Tom Wilson controversy with the Rangers in them? For those of you who don't know, Tom Wilson, uh, there's a fight in one of the games, or Temi Panarin tried to break it up, and Tom Wilson, more like, he, he grabbed him and slammed him to the ice. Like, it was like, like I, he didn't have a helmet on, he probably could have killed the man. It was well outside the realm of, like, a hockey fight. It was a dirty, dirty play. Didn't get suspended by the NHL, got fined. Artemi Panarin's going to miss the rest of the season because of that hit. So tensions were very high. They had to play each other the following game on Wednesday, and uh, there were six separate fights to start the game. Each team sent out their sixth line, and they, they, they just chucked the mitts. There was over 100 penalty minutes in the first period, and then uh, Wilson's one of his first shift. One of the Rangers uh, went uh, searching him out, and there was, there was a fight there. And I think, you know what? Uh... I know it's like old school and it's not about the hockey purists. Like, oh, I don't like this, all this fighting. And I, 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 I like it. They settle it like men. They're like, oh, the NHL is not going to find you or take care of this. Well, we'll do it ourselves. And they went out. They found them. They handled their business. They're moving on. I thought, you know what? I liked it. I liked it. That's how, that's how more people should settle things. I think a lot more would get done. We should take something away from hockey players. But did you watch that? Did you see the uh, the play at all? Do you have any? You have any thoughts on that situation? No, I actually haven't. Um, I think I've watched around five minutes of NHL play this year. I have not watched any hockey. Um, I've watched some Wolves. I've been following the Wolves in the AHL, but nothing really in the NHL. I didn't even hear about it, to be honest with you. It's worth looking up. It's a, it was a wild. It was a wild thing because like that was like it, it was. Uh... It was a very dirty play. Uh, it, it kind of made a big deal because I never ever like hearing about it. It's like, oh, I might have to watch this this Rangers game now tonight because this this could be this could be interesting. Um, Rangers fired the GM too, by the way. All right, it is coming to that time of the podcast. It is time for your uh, minor sports minute. Uh, before we get into minor sports, though, just quick shout out to Christian Pol- Polisic uh, for. Um, uh, he's the first American to be in the Champions League final, so good for the USA. Uh, he had an assist and a goal. He's coming off the bench. He's, he's probably not that good. I mean, he can't be that good if he's a sub. But you know what? The USA did did something. They they're riding the coattails of a stacked team, and uh, now we got a guy in the final. So good for us, you, you American soccer fans. We, we, we did it. Uh, so cheers to you. All right, Patrick. Floor is yours. Minor sports minute. Take it away. Yeah. Uh, so we continued with the FCS playoffs, and number one seed and 15 and a half point favorite. Knocked off SIU in a very, very good game. I don't know if you watched it, Mitchell, but you should have because it was great. It was a great game. Came down to the final play. Depressing that they lost. Um, But now we're in the semifinals. South Dakota State, they will be playing Delaware, and they knocked off Jacksonville State in a very entertaining 20-14 win. And James Madison will try to return to the championship um, for the second year in a row, um, hopefully to get a little redemption. They're playing Sam Houston State, who beat... um, the notorious powerhouse, North Dakota State. I so did that watch that game. game. That was a big upset there. With Sam Houston and North Dakota State? Yep, yep. Sam Houston was actually ranked higher, but, you know, North 
Dakota State's, they got the name, they got the pedigree. Um, and so, yeah, so those games are going to be on, I believe, they're this Saturday. Yes, they are this Saturday. So that will be an exciting watch. Um, and NASCAR, um, on Sunday, um, they raced at Kansas Speedway. And I don't know if you saw the name of the race, but Bush Light, the beer, sponsored the race. And they had a fan con- uh, contest to name the race. And it was nicknamed the Bushy McBush Race 400. Um, and Kyle Bush won the race on his birthday. Um, very exciting for him. He kind of breaks a little bit of a slump. Maybe KFB is back. We'll see. Um, and they are racing this week, I believe, in Dover. Um, yeah, Dover. Um, at the Monster Mile. So that will be exciting this weekend as well. And the AHL, they announced that they will not be having a playoff, but they will still be awarding the division winners a trophy. So the Wolves, they can't win the Calder Cup, but they can win the division for the fourth time in the last five years. So pretty impressive from them. They're tearing up the league, but you know what? They're a combined team, so they should be. Um, And no fans either for the rest of the year they have announced as well. So that's all I have for you, Mitchell. Now, I will end with this, because this is kind of right up your alley. I'm getting kind of, I'm getting fed up with my guy, uh, uh, Bubba Wallace. He's got one of the best cars out there. Uh, he's got, they're pumping a ton of money into this team. And I haven't seen any damn results yet. I remember you telling me, he's like, he's not that, he's not as good of a driver as everyone makes it out to be. Uh, he's running out of excuses here. Like, come on. Pick it up, Wallace. It's getting to the point where, like, hey, this, 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 this thing's not working out. He's just—he's starting to look like he's just not that good. We need a yeah. right, we need we need a win or at least a respectable finish. Because he always giving the yeah, updates. Yeah, Mitchell, you, you got to finish top fifteen before you win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be a start. I mean, the uh, top ten would be—it's yeah. always like nineteenth, twentieth, spun out in a crash. It's like Jesus Christ, man. Well, uh, you know, Mitchell, he was, and he was, um, he was. People were very angry about him because um, he did kind of knock Alex Bowman into the wall, which took him out of the race, put him a lap down. Um, and Bubba wasn't even on the same lap as Alex Bowman was when he did that. Um, and so a lot of people were like, hey, man, you're, you're two laps down and you're, you're racing lead lap cars. When you're, on, when you're not on the lead lap, you just get out of the way and let him race. Um, let him get by you. But he raced him hard, knocked him into the wall. So a lot of people were a little bit upset. And you know with Bubba, if you know it's any other driver, you know everyone's like, oh yeah, you know whatever, and everyone forgets about it. But with Bubba, you know, people always doubt, like, oh, you just hate him because you know it's Bubba, and you know in the NASCAR community, you never know um, where that anger is coming from. But Bubba, he does always get because his sponsors love him because he, he, you know, he's the most recognizable name in NASCAR, um, and so they're always doing these promos and they're always like using his cameras on his car. And he's running in, like, 25th. And no one wants to see the 25th guy in the field. They want to, you know, be up front. So I think it's kind of uh, it's kind of sad to see him uh, struggle. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe he can pick it up near the end of the year. Um, and we'll see. Maybe he uh, will get released at the end of the year. I think that is a definite, um, that is a definite uh, possibility. Yeah. I mean, because, like, he, he, he's good for the sport. I think him being good would help the sport because he, he is the biggest name in NASCAR. And I think last year, after all that he went through, I think it helped NASCAR's image and branding, to be completely honest. And now we're talking about it. And that was only because 
uh, of Bubba Wallace and uh, what what he did. Well, I'm a fan too, so that helps. Yeah, I mean that that also that also helps. But like, I'm trying to think of an athlete that's gotten more notoriety and the most popular person in the sport, and it has not won anything. Like he's not, he he hasn't performed. So it's time to put up or shut up there. Um, that is all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week.